1: your heads if you would please father we just thank you let every ear be anointed to hear the word today and let every heart be receptive receive all that you have we pray in Jesus name and everyone said amen. Amen. amen the title of my message this morning is called seven things and obviously I could have made it 14 things I could have made it 21 things but As I was praying, I felt these seven things were important for you in 24 as a foundation within your life to follow. So go with me to 1 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 1, and you should have this in your bulletin. If you don't, raise your hand, I shall get a bulletin to you. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their consciences seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. So if anybody tells you that God doesn't want you to get married, you know that's a lying devil. And commanding to abstain from meats. They don't want you to eat meat, eat cockroaches. Tell them that you're lying devil, I'm eating meat. Which God hath created to be received by thanksgiving of them which believe and now know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused. If it be received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the word of faith, and a good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness, for bodily exercise profiteth little, but good godliness is profitable unto all things, having the promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. Now, so the The first thing I want to draw your attention to is sound doctrine. There are many people today that are all over the place because they don't have any foundation. One of the things that we endeavor to do at River University is to instill a foundation of sound doctrine. If you go onto revival.com website, you'll see that we've got the Foundations of My Faith series. That's 52 Sundays. It's 12 months of teaching on the 12 foundations of our faith. There are many people, they make up all kinds of stories, and they got their faith in fables. In 2 Timothy 4 and verses 3 and 4, it says, For the time will come when there will not endure sound doctrine, But will after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall turn away the ears from the truth and return unto fables. Now, the word fable in the Greek says fiction, a fable, an invention, a falsehood, anything delivered by word of mouth, legendary tales as opposed to a historical account, a fable, foolish or improbable story. Somebody said, why do people give themselves to fable? Because it suits them. It suits them. It says here that they heaped to themselves teachers having itching ears. It means to itch scratch, tickle, itch, make to itch desirous of hearing something pleasant. Around the world today in churches, Pastors are coming up with stuff that's pleasant for the people to hear, but they don't bring the full counsel of God to bring correction, which the Bible even tells as pastors, we have to reprove, we have to rebuke, we have to exhort. Well, the church has resorted to the third part of that and resorted to exhortation when really you have to reprove and you have to rebuke and you have to bring correction These things might make people feel better, but these things will not change them to be better. So in other words, you leave the place feeling better, but there's no impact that will transform your life to actually change you so that you leave the place different from what you came. Can you say amen? Now, I could spend a lot of time just on this first point, sound doctrine, but over the years, every person that strayed was because they didn't have sound doctrine. People gave them this opinion, that opinion, this opinion, and they changed. Oh, yeah, that's fine. So you will see a ministry headed that way for two years, and they following this course. Then suddenly they're influenced by somebody else, and they follow that course. Then suddenly they're influenced by somebody else, and they follow that course. You have to be careful if you run all over the place and get a little bit over here, a little bit over there, a little bit over there, you're gonna end up with a lot of fables and then you wonder why your life comes to a place where you're not productive, where you're not producing fruit. Everything is to do with fruit production. Can you say amen? And I know, and I'm gonna just say this, but I've seen a lot of ministries that only preach what's productive for them. But we don't do that at the river. We preach not only what is productive for us and what works for us, but what actually will work for every single member of the congregation. Can you say amen? You know something's wrong when the only person that walks in the blessing is the pastor or the evangelist. (laughs) Are you with me? You know something's right when everybody around you is getting blessed with the same blessing in proportion to where they are and according to their faith. Can you say amen? Some said, well, I didn't get blessed like him because you didn't need what they needed. Don't judge yourself by other people. Yeah, but I've been in the ministry too. It doesn't matter. It's about your assignment and what God's called you to do. Number one, everybody say, sound doctrine. <laughs> then number two, this is very, very important because you can see people get this way overnight they just suddenly, I mean, it's like clicking your finger. Especially when the blessing comes their way and they get blessed, they end up getting legalistic. So what does the Bible tell us? The letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Second Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 6 said, Who also hath made us able ministers. Everybody say, able ministers of the New Testament, which is the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Listen, we know what the law says because you can study it. But you can get so on the letter that you end up killing everybody. Because there's no spirit involved, so be very careful. Always check your heart to see if you're being legalistic. Hello. Somebody said, "Well, God's legalistic. Um, <laughs> God has put His law out there, but He's not. He's not rigid, like many people think, because each case is different." When a judge, when people come before a judge, you can't just say, okay, well, that's the law over here, so this is just how you, you have to, at that moment, you have to look at the circumstances. You have to say, okay, this is extenuating circumstances, and then you have to judge each case based on the circumstances that, or the situation that's being given to you. Can you say amen? Some say, well, that's the law. This is what we do. These are the rules over here. And you, you can see that in any government agency, that, you know, people are trying to follow the orders. I mean, you go to the, to the airlines and, 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 and people have issued certain moratoriums and these things, and you're trying to say, look, I mean, this is an extenuating circumstance. I know, but sorry, but that's the policy. How I many have you ever heard that's the policy? Okay, when you hear that's the policy, you must know that's legalism. Okay, we understand that's the policy. And we're not asking you to make changes based on us just because of us. But each situation has to be dealt with differently. I think, uh, and I've watched my pastors, all the pastors around us here, there've been many situations in the church over 27 years, and they brought people into my office, and people thought I was going to respond this way, and I actually responded that way. And people sat there like, stunned. We never thought you were going to do that. Because they thought I was going to follow the legalistic way. Or, okay, this is the way we would do it. We, we would do it this way. Do we have rules? Yes, we have rules. Are you will find out that there are rules. <laughs> we have rules. We do have rules. But you don't want to become legalistic. I know many people that used to have the power of God, and the power of God went out the, out the door, out the window, and now they're legalistic. Over everything. I mean, you just straight down the line and whatever. And the Bible says the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Can you say amen? So let me just say this to you if God wanted to be legalistic over you, you wouldn't even be here right now. Hello. The Bible says all of sinned and come short of the glory of God. Who, who, Who's among this group can say you never sinned or never came short of the glory of God? How many have sinned and come short of the glory of God? Wave your hand. How many are glad the Lord wasn't legalistic to you? He gave you an option. He gave you another chance. Can you say amen? So if God gives you another chance, then you need to give people another chance. But how many chances should you give people? I mean, give them a chance and give them another chance and give them another chance. I give people many chances. And then basically when, when it's done, basically it's not that the Lord's finished with them. It's just they're going to have to find somebody else to give them a chance. Because <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I, I, can't, I can't do it anymore. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just done. I'm not legalistic. I just don't have it in me at that time. Whatever grace I had is now worn out. Are you with me? If this was a bottle full of grace, it's empty. And it's not that I don't love you, I love you, I pray for you, you just gonna to have to find other people that are gonna meet you for the first time and they get their grace tank's gonna be so full and they're gonna give you many other chances, but I can't, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I love you, but I'm done. And my wife will tell you that takes a long, long time. My son will even tell you, said, Dad, you extend grace upon grace upon grace upon grace upon grace Look, he's, he's, yeah. he says i just he said dad you just keep extending grace and part of that i think because the lord has made me forgetful <laughs> of stuff so in other words when when situations have happened and people have transgressed you know, at first you're like shocked. Okay, we'll deal with this. You deal with it, whatever. And then the years go by and then the thing happens again and then the thing happens again. But you forget. I forget because I have to keep that out of my spirit. Otherwise, how would I minister to you? Because it doesn't matter what I'm saying here, you'd think I was talking about you. Oh, Pastor's talking about me because he knows he had to deal with me. No, I'm not talking about you. Because I've forgotten what you even did. Somebody said, that's not possible. It is possible. I mean, there's places I've gone to to go preach, and I told Pastor Eric, tell me, please, don't ever let me come back to this place again. Pastor Eric, rebuke me if I come back to this place and go preaching, and and then i tell him, "We, we... We've got to go back to that place and go preach, and he looks at me, like almost in disbelief. <laughs> because in myself, I don't want to go back there, but the Lord says, "I want you to go help him. Are you with me? So anyway, I'll, I'll get to that more in detail here as we go along here. Say this after me. We are ministers of life and righteousness, not legalism. I mean, look at social media. You can't, even, you can't even put a scripture on Facebook, and everybody jumps on it like a chicken on a June bug and attacks the scripture. You can't even stand and preach if, you, if you're preaching, somebody's watching you slowing the tape down, looking at how many times you lick your lips. You see, you see, that's a serpent. I'm serious. They're licking their lips. Meanwhile, it's outside, it's dry, it's hot or whatever. You need to drink some water. You're in the middle of your conversation. No, no, you see there, they freeze it, slow it all the way down. You see, look there. Mm. I'm not making this up. Then they're out there, this is a ministry is false because he, I watched him as he preached. He licked his lips many, many times. Well, you sat and watched and picked your nose many, many times. I'm not making this stuff up. How legalistic can you even get, then even with your hands, every, everything's supposed to be some kind of a signal. Ooh, he made some Illuminati signal or whatever. Meanwhile, it's your hands. You're just talking with your hands. I'm like an Italian. You're always talking with your hands. But no, no, he's sending signals. You've had too much crack cocaine. No, no, and these are people. Oh, we, we love God and we just, we're standing for the truth and we want to bring correction. We want to help the body of Christ because the Bible says in the last days there'll be false apostles and there'll be false Christ and we just want to protect the church. They're not doing anything <laughs> other than nose-picking, I mean, nitpicking everything that you do. From how your, your eyes blink, and then, and then they, they try to make out that the eye blinked but went sideways. Don't even search the internet. There's so much nonsense out there. You talk about fables. You talk about old wives' tales. I've never seen so much nonsense in what we're being dished up today. So say this after me, I will have sound doctrine. In 24, and I will not be legalistic. I'm going to be full of the Word and full of the Spirit. I'm a minister of life and righteousness. Amen. Are you happy with that? Then number three, do not be critical of other people in their faith or where they are. Just like you would not be critical, and I'm going to read this passage of Scripture here, with children that are attempting to do certain things. In fact, you find, you find it cute when you see a child trying to imitate adult. So don't be critical of other people's face when you see an adult trying to imitate somebody else who's further down the line spiritually, who's been walking with God a long, long time. Just find it cute or amusing. Can you say amen? It says here, Romans chapter 15, verse 1, we who are strong in convictions and of robust faith. Everybody say, strong Strong. in our convictions and of robust faith. Look what it says. Ought to bear with the failings and the frailties and the tender scruples of the weak. We ought to help carry the doubts, the qualms of others, and not to please ourselves. Let each one of us make it a practice to please make happy his neighbor for his good and for his true welfare, to edify him, to strengthen him, and to build him up spiritually. The strong must bear the infirmities of the weak. And don't judge or compare yourself. Over the years, I've seen so much of this take place amongst ministers because they feel insecure. In actual fact, most ministers I know are totally insecure, always worried about what other people think of them instead of just all concerning, what does God think about me? Can you say Amen. There's always somebody who's not going to like your face. And even if you change your face, they still wouldn't like you. Are you with me? So people get into competition, or they get into comparing themselves with other people. They're doing more for the kingdom than I am. Hold it. Just stop for a moment. Are you, are you in where God wants you to be? Yes. Are you doing what the Lord wants you to do? Yes. Then what do you mean they're doing more for the kingdom? What are you talking about? They're doing their portion. Are you doing your portion? And that's the, that's the common verbiage you hear whenever you get around people and they see what God's doing, say, well, I feel like I'm not even saved. I mean, I can't tell you how many ministers I've been around. I've been all over the world and I get there, I think, oh my God, we haven't even started in the ministry. Are you with me? But I I know that's the feeling that comes your way. But I know I can only do what's in my sphere. I can only do what the Lord's entrusted to me. I can't do what somebody else is called to do. I have to stay within the grace lane that's on my life and not try to get into the grace lane on somebody else's life, and not try to copy them, and not try to imitate them as far as, if they're doing it, I'm doing this too. Because that's where you get yourself into problem. Are you with me? Is this helping anybody right now? So this is important, I just wanna borrow this here, I left my notes up on the thing there, thank you. To judge somebody's faith, if so, people are attacking this minister. Oh, look what he's doing over there. You have no clue where he's walked with God. And then most of the stuff you're getting is because he licked his lips several times. <laughs> or some hand signals or Whatever. Those people, their heart is totally pure before God. They're just doing what God's told them to do. And everybody's misinterpreting and judging and criticizing and whatever. And if you find yourself in that, let me tell you what happens. You'll hinder your faith from ever working because then you'll question them, you'll question this one, you'll question that one, and you'll question yourself to the point where you'll never accomplish anything that heaven has for your life, which is ridiculous Shut your ears. In the early days, I was just allowed to happen. Today, I just tell people, please shut up. I don't want to hear. I, please just be quiet. I don't want to hear your information. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not interested. I, what, you, what you're saying right now is not profitable to me, to anybody else sitting around the table. It's your opinion. It's an old wise fable. And you're actually judging another person's faith. Even if the person went out and launched out into the deep and, and in your mind looks like they failed... Hello. Why has everybody got so quiet on me now? <laughs> Wouldn't it be then your heart to say, I'm going to come along them, uh, alongside them, and I'm going to help them to do it better. I'm going to say, okay, yeah, listen, let me tell you what you did wrong. This, this, let me help you. We'll, we'll go back and do that again. And then you pick them up and you push them. That's what I find the Lord's using our ministry to do, to push a lot of people. Some people are being pushed. They don't know they're being pushed. Hello. Some people are being pushed. They don't want to acknowledge they're being pushed. They try to make out like it's all on their own, whatever. Let me tell you, it doesn't work that way. It always takes somebody who has strong, robust faith to come alongside somebody, pick them up, and then push them and you do that behind the scenes. I do that behind the scenes all the time. My wife will tell you, I'm always on the phone with somebody encouraging them and helping people. If I can do it financially, I'll do it. If I can do it spiritually, I'll pray for people, whatever it takes to help them succeed in the things of God. And I don't care if you've attempted it once, attempted it twice, attempted three times, and it looked like it failed, you just keep getting up and you keep smacking it with everything that you can because you're going over, you're not going under. And in 2024, you're going to see the promises of God fulfilled in your life. Can you say amen? And it doesn't matter what other people say because we're not going to listen to what other people say. Okay? We're not going to listen to what other people say, we're not interested. We're not interested in people's opinions. We're only interested in what the Word of God says. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when people come along and say, the Lord spoke to me to do this, if God spoke to you, then the Lord will carry you, and God will, And I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm out of it. I'm not even going to give my opinion at that juncture because you said the Lord spoke to you. If you came and asked me my opinion, I'll tell you. But I would say, this is just my opinion. But if you said, the Lord spoke to me, I don't have an opinion. Because I'm sure not going to come against what the Lord said. Amen. Hallelujah. So, everybody say, sound doctrine. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have sound doctrine. Turn to your neighbor on the other side and say, I'm not a legalist. And then say, I'm not critical of other people in their faith. My job my is to help my brother and sister run the race and overcome Now, this one's a big one. This one is a big one. Number four no rituals. No rituals. Don't allow rituals to run your life. This is a relationship. Mark chapter seven and verse 13, making the word of God a none effect through your tradition, which you have delivered and many such things you like, many such like things you do. Do not cancel, say this after me, don't cancel the word of God and make up rules that nullify the word of God. If you get back to whoever's legalistic or whatever, All they've done is just take themselves out of the equation. No, that's what it says. I tell you, we we have to do this. If we don't do this, and there's no joy. Where's the joy in that? There's no joy in that. There's ritual in that. It's the daily grind. And I'm not talking about the coffee shop. Are you with me? It's the daily grind. Here I go again about my ritual. Don't cancel out the Word of God. Men's traditions are useless and ineffectual. God requires a heart relationship. That's why you always got to keep checking yourself all the time. Check yourself throughout this year. Because you can run on what, you know, momentum Hello? You, you can keep moving on the momentum, but you find out that you're into ritual, you're not into relationship. And Jesus is not into rituals, he's into relationship. Can you say amen? Mark 7, verses 6 through 9, he answered and said to them, Well, hath as I have prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Howbeit in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Boom, mic drop. They take the commandments of men and they teach it as a doctrine. So you see that happening all over the Christian world. Legalistic people people who are into rituals, not into a relationship. You think about the prodigal son. How many know the story of the prodigal son? He took his inheritance and went off to a far country and was wine, woman, and song. Now, the Bible says that he was in the pig pen of life and he was sitting there actually thinking of his father's house and he was thinking why are you sitting here about to eat pig food when your father's servants are treated in a better way than what you're being treated right now go home that's what I'm going to do I'm going to go home I'm going to go back to my father's house and I'm going to tell him father I've sinned against heaven I've sinned against you I'm not even worthy to be called your son just make me as one of your hired servants Now think about that for a moment. The Bible says the father saw him a long way off and ran to greet him and kissed him. So you can see the father wasn't legalistic at all. The father could have been legalistic. The father could have been into rituals. Look, you broke every tradition. You've taken the money off with you. Get away from me. Don't you ever come around this house again. How many think that the father would have been justified in the natural for doing that? Wave your hand at me. Okay. But he didn't. He put a robe on his back. He put a ring on his finger. He put shoes on his feet. And they killed the wheat-fatted calf. And there was celebration and dancing. Now, think about this for a moment. The older brother came back off the field and was upset because there was such a noise happening inside the house and there was celebration. He didn't even know what that was. You know that you've got into rituals and legalism when you don't know the sound of rejoicing and what a party is and what celebration is. Are you with me? And he asked the servant, what has happened? Oh, your brother. What? My younger brother, yes. The one that took all the inheritance, yes. The one that went away, spent it all on riotous living, yes. He came back home. He was in a pig pen. Your father just welcomed him, kissed him, put a ring on his finger, put a robe on his back, shoes on his feet, and brought him into the house. And then the wheat fatted calf? You remember the one you were fattening up? Yes. Your father killed the thing. What? That was my calf. That was my calf. I'm not going in the house. I'm going to sit outside here. I'm going to stay outside here. When the father required, where's the older brother? He's outside. Why? Go find him. Father goes outside. What are you doing out here? I can't believe it can't believe it. I've served you faithfully. I've been following every legalism. <laughs> I've, 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 I've followed every plan. I, 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 I've, I haven't veered from it. I've been in the rituals daily. I've been working in the field mm-hmm. and I come home here. What do I find? That brother of mine who needs to slap up the side of the head walks right in here and you restore him right back as though he never did anything. This is a terrible thing. I can't believe you would even do it to me. And then to crown it all, You took the wheat-fatted calf. That thing, I've been fattening up. I was waiting for a day. I would get to eat it, and now he's eating my calf. What did the father say? He said, son, all of this is yours. Everything is yours. You can become so legalistic and so into rituals, you don't even know what's yours. You don't even know what your rights are. You don't even know what your privileges are. And then you wonder why you walk around. Well, I tell you what, I'm already into the second week of January, and I'm no happier than I was in 2023. I tell you, Pastor said that this will be a here the fulfillment of all the promises of God. And I haven't even seen one thing happen, my God. I just wish I was back in twenty-three. I mean, there's no difference here. Everything's going wrong. And then they come around the river and somebody walks in off the street, totally healed, a miracle happened. I can't believe it. I've been believing God for five years for my miracle. Somebody just walks in, they just get healed on YouTube. They're just watching YouTube and get healed. That's not even right. How dare they! The lady doesn't even really know what it is. She just said a force came in me. I mean, I know it's the Holy Spirit. I mean, I have a little bit more understanding about it. I mean, how can God go and do that for them? (laughs) (laughs) It's His grace. So he says here, verse 8, for laying aside the commandment of God, you hold the tradition of men as the washing of pots and cups and many other such things that you do. The the ceremonies, the the ceremonial washings of the hands, the bowing down, the, the incense that's being sprayed, the smoke, the holy water that's being sprinkled, And he said unto them, full well, you reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. And that's what we're dealing with in the modern American church, that they will do anything. It doesn't matter if people are healed. Listen, it doesn't matter who got. if the dead was raised here this morning, they would say it was the, the devil. It doesn't matter if people were saved over drugs, alcohol, totally set free, marriages healed. There were people people would say, I went to the service, I'll tell you it was just manipulation, and they were just doing mind control on people, and people actually felt that their marriage was healed, and that people actually felt like they were healed. People could actually see a miracle in front of them and wouldn't believe it. Wouldn't believe it. I tell you, I've been pressing in, believing God that the Lord is going to do some of the most amazing, outstanding miracles that no one could deny it. I'm telling you, one of one of the things that I'm believing the Lord for is for people's blood to be healed. People's—I don't want to get—I don't want to get banned again or whatever—but people's blood literally become like mud. On the inside of them. And I'm believing God to give people total blood transfusion, total healing in their blood, in their bones, in their marrow, down to the very marrow of your bones. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. It's not so that we can puff ourselves up, oh, look at our wonderful ministry. We get people healed or whatever. It's Jesus who does the work. Can you say amen? I don't really personally care if people even remember my name. I just want to get people saved, healed, set free, and delivered. It doesn't really matter. Obviously, we have a name because we're not nameless. Hello. When they arrested me, they arrested somebody whose name was Ronald. No, they arrested somebody. It was my name they used. Are you with me? It was my face. We're not nameless faceless. Oh, well, I just know that God wants to do a work and the Lord will do a great work in this hour and I'll be nameless, faceless. The only reason that was even used was because in the glory of God, you couldn't see anybody. When the cloud came in, you couldn't see anybody's face and it didn't matter what anybody's name was. But God does not use people with no name and God doesn't use people with no face. Are you with me? And God obviously doesn't use short-necked giraffe. <laughs> even though that would be good. If there was short-necked <laughs> giraffe, I would have one on my property, because it's the long neck that gets him into trouble. All right, sound doctrine, Say it after me. Sound doctrine. No legalism. I'm not judging other people's faith. No rituals. All right, number five. Love and help. Don't ever stop loving and helping others. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4. Let each one of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interest, but also for the interest of others. So that means you go out of your way to find out what's going on with people and how can I help? Somebody said, yeah, but if I do that, people are gonna take advantage of me. Let me ask for a show of hands, how many have you ever been taken advantage of? What does it mean, I'm not gonna love anybody? No, I'm not loving another person, i tell you what, right now. That's it. I've been taken advantage too many times. I'll never love again. I'm not helping another person. I don't care if they're dying in the street. I'll walk right by them. You actually show how much you love yourself by loving others. Are you with me? You actually help yourself by helping others. Do not be selfish. Do not focus only on what concerns you. Be interested in the blessings of others. Rejoice to see people blessed. In other words, if you sit with somebody and they start telling you a blessing... That happened in their life. Don't go, oh, yeah, let me tell you what happened to me. And then you override what. Then they just sit in there say, well, your blessing is bigger than mine. Just shut up. This is not the time for you to espouse how greatly you've been blessed. This is the time for you now to listen to them. So tell me what's happening. Just shut up and just listen. You don't have to raise the stakes. Are you with me? I've been around preachers. <laughs> you can't tell anything. The moment you tell, oh, let me tell you what happened to me. i tell you, I had this, it's always one up. It's always one up. I just sit there and go like this. Whatever. <laughs> it's that time I pray for a short-necked ne- giraffe to come running in the room and hit them in the head. How many will purpose in your heart that you're going to love more people this year and help more people than you've ever loved or helped before? Any people take advantage of you, it it will come to an end. Are you with me? They're going to run out of taking advantage because the grace will empty and they'll have to go take advantage of somebody else. Are you with me? My wife will tell you and people close to me, I'll go out of my way. There are many times I don't even think about myself. I don't even think about the consequences of it. I don't even think about if there's trouble, I'm right in the middle of it to helping people. I don't think about my own name or reputation or worried about if, if, if the Lord speaks to me, I'm right in the middle of it. If I'm your friend, I'm your friend. You're going to have to tell me, I don't want to be your friend anymore, and even then I'm going to cut you some slack and say, you're just having a bad day. No, they didn't mean it. They're just having a bad day. Let's go out of our way to help. Can you say amen? And then rejoice and be happy when other people are blessed. I've watched it, you know, over the years, we've given away, what, 44, 45 cars from the field, which I need to give away another car. I, I need I need to do that yeah in the next few weeks. I need to give away another vehicle, but I watch them we we'll give away con, then you watch some people sit there there. That was mine. That was my car. I can't believe they gave that away. Meanwhile, you couldn't have afforded the insurance. Hello. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you didn't have a valid driver's license. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you couldn't drive a stick shift. Hello. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, it wasn't even really the color you liked. Hello, you mean the Lord can't get the color of the vehicle that you like, right? Hmm? Somebody said, what caused that? Oh, the Lord blessed me. And that's a color called ugly. <laughs> and I must be honest with you, they're coming out with colors on cars I've never seen before that I promise you. Hmm? I wouldn't want to be seen longer than a day driving one of those things. Or they have all these wraps. How many have seen all these new wraps they're putting around cars? Terrible. Number six. Somebody said, I knew you were going to squeeze it in. I knew it was going to be squeezed in here today. There they go again. There they go again, win souls. Win souls. Now, I can do with people that are growing in their doctrine, it's are winning souls. A legalist will not win souls. A person who judges other people will not win souls. And a person who's into rituals will not win souls. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Over the years, the people that win souls are free of those things. They're free of all that. They have a relationship with Jesus, and they're just out there bringing them the harvest. In Proverbs 11 and verse 30, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. What do we have as a motto here at this church? Each one, reach one. This week, you're going to reach one person that no one else can reach. This week, God's going to use you to be the lifeline to bring somebody into the kingdom that actually, if you didn't reach them, they were going to be lost and would go to hell. This week, the Lord's going to lead you strategically. Whether it be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday or Saturday, God's gonna lead you strategically the right place at the right time, and your voice and your witness is gonna turn people around. If you just did that, if you just spoke to one person a day, if the Lord just used you to win one soul a week, that's fifty-two souls a year. That's more than most ministers get saved. A soul winner has no time to get judgmental, critical, legalistic. It's not going to do that way. And every 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 minister that you get around that is the that way, souls is like doesn't even not it does not even come on the list of things to do because they doubt whether people are actually even getting saved. So even if you got people saved, they say, "Well, were they really saved?" One of the biggest problems that we've had is traveling around the world and dealing with preachers who said to us, all these numbers of the people that you say are saved, are they really saved? I said, listen, I've been in the ministry now, this is my 44th year. I've, I've met preachers I don't know if they saved. When you meet the preacher of the first church of the Frigidaire, hello, hello and you don't know if he's saved, Why then how are you questioning other people that have been coming to know Jesus? The thief on the cross, did he get saved? Who saved him? How hard was it? Lord, remember me when you come to your kingdom. Um, no, you have not listened to my seven-part series on the Greek, on true repentance. And the guy how do I get a hold of those? My hands are tired, Lord. I can't. How do I access those messages? He says, "Remember me when you come into kingdom." And Jesus said, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." That's it. Saved. When Jesus saves you, it's like that. Boom. When religion saves you, it's rituals, rules, legalism. It's multiple circumcisions to where there's absolutely nothing left. It's what I call spiritual mutilation. There are people running around the planet, all they do is spiritually mutilate other Christians. Whatever faith they had, they steal that faith from them. Whatever simple faith in God that they had, excitement for the things of God, excitement for the Lord is removed. They don't go out on the streets of Tampa, they don't go into the, into the project areas, they don't go into the highways and the byways with the gospel, they go with the knife of circumcision. Hello, let me see who I can cut on today. When they go home, all they can show is foreskins. I'm sorry. That's, that's all they got. They, they got a bag full of, that's all they got. I circumcised him down at, at the bus stop. I circumcised this guy over there, I circumcised him. Don't look at me like that. I'm just telling you plainly what the scripture says. He who wins souls is wise, not he who collects foreskins. I'm sorry for being blunt here, but that's what circumcision is.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I don't know how they're translated into Spanish, but I do see the Spanish people are laughing their heads off, so I can imagine what translation they used on that. Was it okay? You you got it? I won't even ask for the word in Spanish. I'll just leave it at that. And then point number seven. And then again, people are going to say, oh, I knew you would get that in there somewhere. I knew you would do it. Don't ever lose your joy. Somebody said, it would be impossible to come around the river and not have one Sunday where they mentioned souls and joy. Well, there it is. John 16 and 22. So for the present, you're also in sorrow, in distress, and depressed. But I will see you again, and then your hearts will rejoice. And no one can take your joy or your gladness or your delight. Don't let anybody steal Your joy. Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Romans 14 and 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What did Jesus say? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. The happiest people I know are soul winners. Because every day they're sharing the joy of their salvation. (laughs) Think back to where you were. We just had a visit. Pastor Jennifer, who never lets anybody go, recruited you to win souls, and you were high on cocaine. (laughs) And you just were obedient, and you had a script. And he was leading people to Jesus. She said, I want you to take the script and go pray with people to lead them to Christ. He was high. (laughs) Pastor Jennifer didn't even wait for him to sober up. He was high on weed, cocaine, alcohol. Most people said, you can't use him to win souls. The guy's not even saved himself. Well, he actually did get saved. He just hadn't got sober yet. He was, he was transitioning. He was being transfigured. <laughs> and the Lord took him off the streets of Shreveport and now taking him around the world. People being saved, <clears> throat> delivered, throat> set free. So every time I see you, I see a miracle. And we did get fruit out of Shreveport. Can you say amen? Amen. See, a legalistic person is not going to use somebody still high. (laughs) A person who's in a relationship said, look, here's a script, just go use it. Are you with me? Just take the script, go use it. And then the problem is the more he drank, the sober he got. Hello. So now the alcohol wasn't even having an effect on him because the joy of his salvation was kicking in. Amen. Amen. When the joy of your salvation kicks in, it notifies your face. If the enemy can steal your joy, he can take everything you have. Are you with me? And the joy is your strength. It's what's going to sustain you. Why are you saying this, Pastor? Because people that don't have sound doctrine will lose their joy. People who are legalistic will lose their joy. People who are judgmental and critical will lose their joy. People who don't go out of their way to help people will lose their joy. Are you with me? So, if we find sad people in the house, then we must know exactly what the problem is, take them back to point one, point two, point three, and then we can locate anybody here on the property at the river. Can you say amen? If you find an angry person in the lobby, you know, hey, okay, so let me see where your problem is here. First of all, you have no doctrine, so you're whack job. (laughs) Number two, (laughs) number two, you're uh, you're legalistic. Number three, and just run through the thing, and then bring them to the last two. We're going to go win souls. What do you mean? Now? Yes, now. What do you think? Tomorrow? We're going right now. You come in with me, I'm taking you in my car. And actually, in fact, we'll just walk to the gas station. We'll go to the 7-Eleven. The truck drivers are coming there. All the prostitutes are hiding in the forest. (laughs) No, that's the truth. (laughs) Right here by the 7-Eleven. They carry mattresses into the forest. And the truck driver's go into the forest and then they come back out. Well, you can go wind souls and get people delivered. You don't even have to go a mile from the church. You could just go to the 7-Eleven. Are you with me? I'm not making this up, folks. I know you think this is a nice neighborhood. But there's people doing stuff in the forest. Why do you think the truck drivers are parked there? Oh, it's bad. Oh, yeah. Talk to security. You'll hear all the stories. So you don't have to get a passport. You don't have to get on an airplane. You don't have to fly to Guatemala. Guatemala's in the forest. We said, Pastor, I'm learning about the neighborhood. That's why we tell all the young ladies don't go to the gas station by yourself at night. At least have other people with you. Amen. especially when you leave camp meeting at 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. There's no ladies roaming a gas station at one o'clock in the morning. Anyway, I just leave that alone. (laughs) Somebody say this off to me. (laughs) I tell too much publicly, I really do. I'm sorry for telling you all this information. <laughs> <laughs> but...
0: <laughs>
1: so we say, I'm going to Wai Mama. You don't even need to go to Waimama. You can go... White Papa's in the forest. (laughs) Oh, Lord, have mercy. (laughs) Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. (laughs) joy. (laughs) Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. (laughs) 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 Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. Don't lose your joy. What's the first thing you do when you get a automobile? You check the tank to see if it's full. Isn't that right? Okay. You have a tank, and it's called a joy tank. Don't lose your joy. Don't let anyone here lose their joy in twenty four. We pray this now in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> do <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to bow your heads, if you would, please. Some people are going to find their joy this morning. Maybe you came here high on cocaine. (laughs) Maybe you came here high on medicinal weed, under the influence of every kind of pharmacist. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, I want to give an invitation. If you fit into any one of these three categories, I'd love to pray with you and for you. Maybe you came here today. You say, Pastor, I've never given my life to Jesus. If I died today, I don't know where I'd spend eternity. I want you to know there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You don't have to go to the devil's hell because 2,000 years ago, on Calvary's cross, the price was paid, the blood was shed, and just like that old song, It says, there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath their flood. Lose all the guilty stain today. The stain of sin will be broken and the guilt and shame will be removed from your life. You might have come here one way, but you leave another way. Today he calls you. He says, come. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I'm going to give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. He calls you. Today, he will lift the heavy burden, even of religion and tradition and legalism. He will lift that heavy burden off of you. And today, you'll be free. Maybe you're here, you're watching in your homes. You say, Pastor, I gave my life to the Lord and days gone by, but I've grown cold. I'm not serving God like I should. There was a time when I had radical, robust faith, but I don't have that anymore allowed the things of the world to come in. Or maybe you allowed the things of religion to come in and to rob you and to steal from you. Maybe it's something hidden that no one knows. Pride, unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy, anger, lust, the hidden things that clog the heart of man. Maybe it's something outward that everyone could see. And you feel, well, what's the use? Everybody knows how bad I am. But God's a God of a second chance and a new beginning, and he says, come to me. Surrender your life afresh today. Maybe you're here, you're in your homes watching, and you say, Pastor, a storm came against my life, a sudden divorce, a bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job. Something happened that shook my world. But today I'm surrendering my life afresh. Today I'm coming back. Today I'm going to fall in love with Jesus all over again. If you just humble yourself, he comes to the humble. To the prideful and the arrogant, they leave empty. But to the humble, he comes. Maybe you're here today, you say, Pastor, I love the Lord with all my heart, but The storm shook me. As I mentioned, the sudden divorce, the bankruptcy, the loss of a loved one, a sudden illness, the betrayal of a close friend, the loss of a job, something happened that shook you to the core. Whatever, you can can put in whatever that storm is. But today the Lord will restore you. And then lastly, if you hear and you say, Pastor, I do love the Lord, but I'm not sure of my salvation today, I want to know, I want to make sure once and for all, I don't want any doubt, I want to know that I know that I know that I'm a child of God. If you fit into any one of these categories, I want to pray with you and for you, if that's you, right where you are, without any hesitation whatsoever, I want you to put your hand up right now and say, pray for me. I need Jesus. Just put it up high. Thank you. All the way at the back. Another hand over here. Another hand over there. Another hand. Another hand. Another hand. Just slip it up high. Just slip it up high and say, yes, Lord. Yes. Hands are going up across the field. Just slip it up high and say, yes. Today is my day of freedom and liberty. Raise your hand even in your homes. I want everybody to look at me over on this side, which is considered the west side of the pavilion. If you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included the prayer, we're going to pray right now. Quickly, put your hand up and say, include me. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Just slip it up high and say, yes, that's me. This middle section, you didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, just slip it up high. I've seen your hand already. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. And then this, which would be considered the east side. You didn't raise your hand, but want to be included, just slip that hand up right now so include me. Thank you. Thank you right at the back. I want every person that raised your hand to stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet, if you would, please. I want you to come from where you are and come stand right here. We're going to pray together right now. Come. Today is your day of freedom. Come.
0: I have decided to
1: Jesus. I have decided. To follow Jesus, to follow Jesus, Jesus.
0: Jesus, no turning back,
1: no turning back. THE CROSS BEFORE ME THE CROSS BEFORE ME
0: THE, world me.
1: the CROSS BEFORE ME Turning back.
0: No turning back,
1: we'll wait. No turning back. You could take, take the whole world, but give me Jesus. You could take the whole world. could take the whole world. No turning back.
0: No
1: turning back. Now I want to pray with you and we're going to pray one simple prayer. And you that are watching in your homes by way of television, if you just pray right where you are, we'll pray together. Just close your eyes, if you would, please. Raise your right hand to heaven. That's where your help comes from. And pray this off to me. Believe it in your heart. Say with your mouth. Say, Father, I come to you in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, you said in your word, if I confess with my mouth, Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead. I will be saved. saved. So, Father, right now, I confess, confess, Jesus Jesus is my Lord Lord and and my Savior. Come into my heart right now. Take out the stony heart. Put in a heart of flesh. Wash me, cleanse me, change me, fill me, use me. Let me never be the same again. I turn my back on the world. And I turn my back on sin. And I follow you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Thank you you that on the third day you rose for me. And thank you that you're coming back again for me. From this day on, I'll never be the same again. I confess Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. He is my Lord and my Savior. And right now, by faith in the finished work of the cross and by the shed blood of Jesus, I receive the free gift of salvation now. Thank you, Thank you for saving me now. In Jesus' name. Jesus. Now just lift those hands. Father, I pray that you would seal them now by your blood and by your spirit. That from this day they step into a new dimension. From this day they step into new life. From this day they follow in your purpose and plan for their life. Every assignment of hell that was assigned to take them out is broken this morning, it is broken off of them. And I speak heaven's perfect plan and heaven's assignment upon their life in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. That's the anointing of God coming upon you right now. That's the very presence of God coming upon you right now, setting you free, where every chain is being broken, every yoke is being broken. And suddenly hope comes to those that have been hopeless. Peace comes to those that have had no peace. Joy comes to those that have had no joy. And from this day, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. Hallelujah.
0: This program has been brought to you by the friends and partners of Revival Ministries International in Tampa, Florida. For more information on the ministry of Doctors Rodney and Adonica Howard-Brown or for additional resources, visit revival.com.